0: Therapist Uncensored brings you decades of experience with interpersonal psychotherapy, relational neuroscience, modern attachment, and anything else they think will be helpful in healing humans. Now, hear your co-host, Dr. Ann Kelly and Sue Marriott. Hey Sue, we made it. Guess what this is? Our hundredth episode. Uh,
1: can you believe it?
0: I know it's so fun. It's so it's really exciting. And it has been A journey and a joy to be doing this with you I have to say.
1: It totally has it's been wonderful and to do it with our audience that we have cultivated over these past couple of years and today what we're going to be doing is we have polled people and people who are listeners people who are part of our online community thank you and our patrons thank you so much and then Anna and I put our heads together about okay what are the highlights over this past couple of years that we can kind of pull together in today's episode so that even if you've never heard this show before, you're going to get a lot out of it. Actually, if
0: you've never heard the show before, what's the
1: show about, Sue? (laughs) Well, here's the deal. We are both psychotherapists, long-term experienced old
0: psychotherapists. Speak for yourself.
1: <laughs> hey, you're older than me. So <laughs> who didn't want to leave all of the knowledge that we have through our training and our study, and just even the experience of working with people and the experience of being in life and screwing up and making mistakes. So we wanted to have it be accessible, all of that information accessible to people who aren't necessarily in therapy themselves who might not otherwise hear it basically to the world because it's not really fair. Therapists charge a whole lot of money.
0: That's true. And one of our big goals was to be able to get this to be accessible to everyone. And like you said, all over the world. So it's very exciting now that we can say that we're in, you know, the, the number of the countries is a little controversial. We say at minimum 172, but there's a lot of regions. So our numbers actually exceed that because there's a lot of regions. But, you know, we get to get reviews and emails from people in Sri Lanka and Guatemala and just Egypt. And it's amazing. And what we're talking talking about is bringing the science of attachment of interpersonal neurobiology. And like Jack, our editor likes to say, anything else we think helps in healing us as humans. These things that we've been studying for years and years and years, and trying to get out in different formats, and we get to do it here.
1: I know. And I'm shocked that we have any audience at all. But is it 600,000 downloads now? Yeah,
0: over that. Mm hmm.
1: So that's really cool. And what that means is people are really interested in this and in building security within themselves and in building security with people close to them. So that's what we're all about. And today what we're going to do is reflect on some of what we've covered and be able to pull some of it together in sort of maybe some summary form, but Mm -hmm. also tell some backstories about some of the interviews. You're scaring me now. Embarrassing moments. But before we do that,
0: Oh yes, before we do that, not only is our hundredth episode, but we, dun, 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 dun. we you had a challenge that you put out to our we listeners. Did. We had a challenge. We did, we did, but you were so articulated about it. we had a challenge that we put out to our listeners and in hopes of getting a hundred Patreons before a hundredth episode. And guess what? We, we did it. We did. So thank you,
1: thank you, thank you. We're so excited about that. And honestly, when we set that number back whenever it was, it wouldn't have been in the normal trajectory. We only started this a couple months ago of of opening it up to patrons. And I thought 100 was a really aggressive goal. And so because it's been so great and wonderful,
0: and that we have passed that, uh, I think we have 107 to just be transparent. But let's just say our 100th Patreon member, the recognition goes to Becky Mendeville.
1: Thank you, Becky. Thank you. And also, another shout out, we have one of those was a Platinum member, which basically means that she's our co-executive producer, and her name is Sonia Richardson-Thomas. So thank you, Sonia. We can't tell you how excited we are. So we will pick up talking about patrons at the end of the show, because I know you guys are eager to hear about what are some of the favorite episodes, and some of these backstories.
0: So let's start off. Let's start talking about first, our most popular episodes. So the very most popular reviewed and the episodes that we get the most feedback saying that it made such a difference in their life are what we've grown to call our attachment bundle. And that is episode 59, which is Dismissing, Avoiding Attachment, Are You Cool or Just Cut Off? Episode 60, Preoccupation and Relationships. Grow your security by learning signs of anxious attachment in episode 61. It's not crazy. It's just a solution to an unsolvable problem on disorganized attachment. So that is what we have called our attachment bundle. And a lot of people get referred to by their therapists to listen to that because it really gives a foundational understanding about attachment and how it relates to us in our adult world.
1: Yes, we've definitely gotten the most feedback about that. It was really fun to do. Talking about light bulbs, there's a lot of light bulbs that go off in that. But those aren't the only three. There are some others. Oh, that's
0: true. That's true.
1: And by the way, when you say attachment bundle, there's actually more in the attachment bundle. There's other episodes and there's uh, handouts and worksheets and even a video that we produced. You can get that for free on our website.
0: Oh, that's right. I guess I'm using that word bundle kind of loosely here, aren't I?
1: (laughs) Well, it is a bit of a bundle. That was a series that we did together on purpose. It's a good place, if this is new to you, to start there And that'll give you a pretty good sense of what the whole show is about.
0: Well, that's true. Because we did others really specifically on attachment. We did episode 15 on the science of interpersonal neurobiology. And you know what? We also did your interview with Tracy Campbell, episode five and six. I loved that. And that was basically how attachment impacts us in our adult relationships. And I think we even called it like attachment 101,
1: That's right. It's really fun to listen to, actually. Again, that would be another good starter. And one of the things I noticed, Anne, over the course of starting this, we've really shifted and continued to refine our thinking on what attachment is and how it interfaces with science and biology and our nervous system. And we've moved more and more towards the nervous system So it's interesting to go back and hear it. It's still accurate, but I feel like we've refined our thinking quite a bit. But just a quick summary of that. Tracy came on and was the person who would just ask me questions. She kind of interviewed me. She asked me questions about what is this? Why is it a big deal how we were treated when we were young? you know, How could that possibly impact our adult life? And she was so brave to do it, and it was really wonderful. And so that's also a good start. There was another one. Do you remember the one? I don't remember the number, but with Becky Mendeville.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was another way that we talk about attachment and yet bringing it completely into the the, the real world, world, the real world of
1: today. So as as Anne's looking for that actual episode number, what it was about was so Becky is a sort of self proclaimed single person, not interested in dating, single mom. So a lot of what we end up talking about is relationships and therapy and things like that. So she wanted to come on and say, look, I'm not in therapy. I'm not in a romantic relationship. I'm a single mom, you know, working person. And this is what I take from it. So it was hilarious. So if you want to hear a real fun one where we just giggle a lot, it's quite irreverent. You can tune into that one. That one's with Becky Mandeville and...
0: And that's episode 66. Uh, lessons from the single not dating world on using attachment science in real life. You guys giggled a whole lot. So I was I was really jealous. Here's the backstory on that one. I was like, how did I miss that one? I was out of town? I was so sad. But one of the things I really remember about hers is how she talked about going into the work world in a different way and bringing it into the work world, which we're going to do more in the next season. And I remember her talking about she decided to really try the aspect of delight. And I remember telling stories about walking in and smiling more at her daughter and the immediate effect it had on her.
1: Right, and her daughter is a teenager. yeah. So this is not, you know, it's never too late. And so she was just, she was did it as an experiment so that when her daughter would come in, she would do this kind of, probably what felt to her, I think she said, it felt to her like an exaggerated reunion. And she began to talk about the effect of that on their relationship. And what was so great about it too is she was holding us to task. Like sometimes we end up speaking to the choir and people who know about this, Stuff and she was able to come on and be like, You know, this isn't can't possibly be true. So that one's really great for the non believers and the skeptics of you, which we hope we have many of you. Uh, Absolutely,
0: <laughs> yeah. Another one that uh, specifically on attachment that's a little bit more that I really liked is episode 54 where we talked about attachment across the lifespan. Cause we think about attachment in infants. And then we've talked about in relationships, but we talked about how attachment manifests all the way through, including talking about, um, when people age and that was so relevant. I know I pretty sure in that when I talked about my grandmother, mean mama, and she has passed, I'm sad to say. And I have to say, mean mama, it was
1: so not a mean mama. Oh, no. She was just this glowing, smiley delight. So it was ironic to call her mean mama.
0: Uh, yes. <laughs> what we talked about is the way that we have to remember that as we age and as we become more dependent, that that original attachment becomes very relevant in the relationship with people that are we're primarily dependent upon.
1: Yeah, it reactivates, just like any stressors, it reactivates those early attachment, you know, your internal working model. And it's really true. I had literally just being self-oriented like many of us are. My mind hadn't yet gone to, oh, yeah, attachment really does last through the lifespan. And we actually had multiple situations where we were involved in hospice and some really painful endings from a couple of different family members and during that time it was really hard but it was actually really helpful I think to both of us me um, mama was the big one at that moment but there were a couple and to me just my my takeaway was that I was able to not hear their pushaways sometimes like if they had always been blue it basically if they had always been a little avoidant and put themselves up by bootstraps as they get ill and aren't able to care for themselves it's not like they're going to suddenly change
0: and be a flower and a great patient (laughs) yeah that's true or even if they they may be kind of a push away or they may actually flip out about their dependency because it's so scary to them
1: so putting this lens on so helped me as the adult caregiver of elderly people not be so reactive to their struggle about becoming dependent so we encourage Folks to check that one out too. That was a real meaningful one. No, what else what else do we do we have? Well,
0: there's so many wonderful experts that we brought on the show. Especially as we're focusing on specifically on attachment now, let's go there. The people that we've brought on, some that are just the the founding members of the research on attachment. Yeah, these are the
1: rock stars. But I'll tell you before we go into them, one of the things I'm really proud of about the podcast is that we don't follow any one person. We don't have, you know, one model. We really integrate the biology, the science attachment, but also depth psychology and our own experience. And in doing that, we've come up with our own model. We call it, and you'll hear it through the show, the modern attachment regulation spectrum. (laughs) And so what we've done is we've pulled the research that would normally die in a lab or in a thick textbook or possibly in a therapist's office or in a therapist's mind in any even but we want to pull that out and make that accessible to everybody and also make it usable so on one hand we're doing that which is we're putting this all together and you can hear us even over time evolve in our thinking But the other thing is what Anne's referring to, which is that we are able, wildly, to have access to the mothers and fathers of attachment theory, even people who studied directly with Mary Ainsworth, who is the kind of colleague-slash-student of John Bowlby who started—actually, he's not the only one that started it, but people usually pick up with John Bowlby— So shall we name a couple of names? Yeah, and we've been
0: able to, I love what you're saying because we've been able to integrate a lot of these people that we've had access to to continue to reform the model that you're speaking of.
1: Reform is a strong word because... The model itself is strong. I mean, it doesn't need reforming. It's good, but it's more research, right? So what we've done is we've been able to translate it into the clinical world and into people's real lives. So it's actually kind of an important point. I know that you didn't mean reform as in that it needed any reforming, but the important part is that we want to make it usable for people, and it's so that's not just research and, and science and, again, in those tombs, By tombs, I mean, you know, the textbooks and everything, but that it's usable.
0: Right. You're right. thinking more of the word integrating. Integrating. Yeah, integrating, integrating the different. Well, so some of them we could talk uh, Alan Shroof.
1: Yeah. The thing about Alan Shroof, so we reference a lot of these attachment researchers. He's one that has followed, he's retired now, but he is somebody who has followed it all the way through from the beginning and done this, this longevity longitudinal studies so he does some of the original research and so it was so wonderful to be able to pick his brain Uh, it's really hard to get the actual kind of uh, academics on he even no i think it was steve porges who said that it's really hard to get researchers and academics on because you know, that they just don't want to sully their reputation or they don't want to be, this is a vulnerable thing to be live and be recording. So one was retired and, and then Steve Porges was saying like, you know, I'm old enough, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but anyway, so we get the original research folks on. That was really cool.
0: Yeah, Alan Shroff is episode 56. And as y'all know me through this podcast, being the research geek on this one, I really love the longitudinal output about how secure attachment, and insecure attachment tendencies present throughout the life cycle so I was totally fascinated with that who else did you enjoy interviewing you just mentioned Steve Porges that episode let's see Steve Porges was episode talk about Steve Porges why find the episode <laughs> well it's not just Steve Porges so
1: Steve Porges of course is the father of polyvagal theory super important stuff But we've weaved polyvagal through our whole show. There's actually multiple. You'll see, you can actually search for it, but there are multiple episodes on polyvagal. When I said earlier that we've moved a little bit from attachment and talking about early relationships to the biology, this is part of that.
0: Well, talking about neuroscience, and, and for those of you that the name polyvagal may seem a little out there, what are we talking about when we say polyvagal, Too,
1: You can think of it as the science of regulation, of safety and danger and how our body responds To those cues. And here's the real short summary is what we now are arguing or believe, and many people are with us on this, is that the attachment behavior that we see in the young kids in the original research, what we're seeing is their biology and how we respond to threat. Fortunately, there's only a few things that happen when we're threatened and the more we can learn about we either go this direction or we go this direction roughly we can understand more about how we tick and then also the people close to us and not only what's happening but then what we can do about it.
0: Right, and why it's so deeply embedded in us that it changes the way we wire, it changes the way our brain develops, these early relationships. It's not just the, we just need to talk about it and get through it. The old idea of what psychotherapy was about, that polyvagal and interpersonal neurobiology, etc., these theories help us understand why there is primarily in a spectrum, a few ways that you're going to go, because it's the way we react inside our body, whether we're going to downregulate out of fear, or accelerate and how that gets predictable. It's brain science.
1: That's right. And speaking of that, we also interviewed Dr. Dan Siegel. And I can't say that was a great interview on our part backstory on that one. Actually, we've interviewed him twice now. But the first one, Patty Allwell. We haven't even mentioned Patty yet. Oh, let's do that. Patty Allwell yeah. was, we actually started with three of us, three therapists in Austin, Texas. And this show wouldn't even be going without Patty. She's really part of the genesis of it. So shout out to her. But in that particular interview with Dan Siegel, it was pretty funny because she had a cold. Poor thing. I know, poor thing. And so she was trying not to cough so hard. And we were actually live on. Uh, zoom, so he could see us. And it was a little awkward, because she was really, probably had the beginnings of the flu or something. But so that was just kind of a funny side story.
0: Well, one thing I did like about that interview, that was really, you know, how I like to be sort of the eternal optimist amongst us. And One of the things that I think Dan did in that is he really talked about the plight of the world. And the last few years have been quite stressful for many of us in all the fractioning that we're feeling in amongst the parties, etc. But he was able to kind of talk about instead of seeing things in the doom and gloom, that he really saw it as an opportunity for us to transform the connections. So it was just a way of making what we're doing feel so meaningful. So I really like some of the things y'all really brought out in him, honestly.
1: That was really great. And our very first interview was with Stan Tatkin. Oh, yeah. Uh, not our first interview, not our first show of Therapist Uncensored, but our first guest interview. And that was on purpose because we have a really sweet relationship with him. And I felt like he was the best person who did the translation. hmm uh, he also studied with Dr. Siegel, and he was really good at making it translatable. He's one of the people that we refer a lot of our clients to, some of his books. One of the
0: books that we refer to is called Wired for Love, and he has multiple books, actually, that really helped, it was one of the first ones, really help bring attachment alive in the relationships, the romantic partnership.
1: The audio book, Your Brain on Love, is oh, the yeah, most recommended book I probably give out to folks. So that was our first interview. I can't say that we did that great on that interview, but yeah, he did.
0: He did well. He did well. That's the behind the scenes. We were, we were new to starting on the interview process. So please give us a lot of generosity on those early episodes, would you?
1: Tina Payne Bryson has come on twice. We just connected so great and, again, had worked together studying under Dr. Siegel in Los Angeles. And she talked about parenting and I think both times, but she's fantastic that's episode 47.
0: The title of it is attachment insecurity and secure parenting, That's which right. I think in the, what a great topic. We did two we have a few on parenting. The primary ones I remember too, we did one episode 72 where we talked about attachment parenting versus the science of attachment. And I think that was a really important one, because when people just think of the world attachment out there, we often think about that kind of the Sears method of parenting, right?
1: wearing your baby and things like cetera. that,
0: right, which is not the same thing as what we're talking about in the science of attachment. So if you're still confused by that, check out episode 72.
1: I loved one you did with Kristen
0: Neff. Oh, yeah, the on, on self compassion. That's right. And she's such a wonderful woman, but one of the things is that she really helped us understand that self-compassion is not just a woo-woo experience of patting yourself on the back.
1: It's really true. You know, self-compassion, it's hard to not do the eye roll. I'm like, oh, we got to be nice to ourselves, and then uh, take care. You better do self-care and self-care, self-care. It was really great because she had some grit and really talked about it kind of in a more edgy way of what it really means and what the
0: science shows. So and it's that's really a good one. Which episode is it? Fierce and hard. It's episode 73. It's building grit through self-compassion. Well, one of the most favored podcasts is the one we did on boundaries. Oh, that's right. Julianne Shore. Julianne Shore and the jell mold. <laughs> so if you haven't listened to that one, I think that's a really great one. It's episode 81, How Good Boundaries Actually Bring Us Closer.
1: Yeah, people loved that. And the Jell-O wall was it's been referenced uh, many 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 times so you'll know uh but speaking of she's a local clinician. another local clinician that was absolutely one of the most favorite podcasts he's gotten contacted a whole lot somebody i've had a relationship with for many many decades actually uh, is dr steve finn and he talked about shame
0: That's episode 51, Conquer Shame by Understanding the Science Behind the Feeling. Yeah, I've had a long relationship with you. You know what I love is that when you sit with him, and any of you that know him will immediately feel this, you can feel that he walks the walk, right? Like it's impossible to sit with him and not feel authentic and open and real. And yet he will go to the depths with you, won't he?
1: Well, he's got a little laser. He's a laser. It's
0: so true. But he talks about sort of the difference between guilt and shame and about how both of them are really essential elements. And that also done an extreme, extreme of either way, having not enough or having too much. Well, there was two favorite
1: takeaways on that one. One was... That if you don't have enough healthy guilt, you go to shame. So there was this kind of interaction. It wasn't just the old kind of Brene Brown guilt-shame thing. It was actually more specific about that sometimes people who do shameful things don't have enough guilt. I'm 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 yeah, mud, no, I'm
0: muddling it a little bit. No, but that that no no you're accurate though, that that at times guilt can be a bit overwhelming. And the the difference between guilt is I've done a bad thing, shame I am a bad. And sometimes it's really difficult to incorporate the concept of doing a bad thing. And so shame emerges on an unconscious level. Many times to avoid guilt, we experience shame. And he also talked a lot about healthy shame and that
1: if we don't have enough healthy shame, that that's actually a very good thing to have. So anyway, we won't recap the whole thing. But that also makes me think, too, of that our whole show, it's very important to us for many, many, many reasons to not have a heterocentric view and... If you'll notice, many of our guests are out GLBT members, including we did one on gender with Lee Brookins that I loved, loved, loved. And that's very important to us. So we, I think that we have a particular tie in to that community. Obviously, and it's a real value to us. So when I think about, actually, Doug Brown Harvey is another one oh, that yeah, comes to that mind. Was really yes. enjoyed that. One. We we talked to him. We got so excited and talked so long, we ended up having to do two episodes because his
0: was on one of Ann's favorite topics is sexuality. <laughs> That's kind of funny. Ann's favorite topic is sex. Uh, so we did two episodes on healthy sexuality. Those were episodes forty-two and forty-three. And it's so funny when we think about sexual health, we often comes to mind those little images when we were in elementary school. I mean, not probably not elementary school. Hopefully, middle school and high school of venereal diseases, etc. And Doug had such a way of helping us talk about. Sex in this really positive, encouraging way.
1: Yeah, pleasure. He talked pleasure. a lot about pleasure, yes. and it was great because it also was like pleasure needs to be totally included. For example, switching—you know—losing your virginity, which right. is like the loss of this precious thing, to your sexual debut, which yes. is—it's just such a reframe. So that was a really fun one, and that ties into Esther Perel. We got to interview Esther Perel twice. Right. Uh, Patty yes, did we the did. first one and we did the second
0: one. And that we talked about redefining infidelity with her in love and desire in modern relationships. And I think that was a really interesting episode. We did an episode that one of the first episodes we did. So, again, if you listen to it, please be kind. It's episode three. So, be almost scared. But we really enjoyed doing it. It's different sexual desires. Are we screwed?
1: That's right. Yeah. That's one of the ones where that like, I have this cringe factor that if people are close to me and kind of don't know me that well, like, you know, clients and things like that. (laughs) I'm always just like, Oh, God, please don't listen to that one. You know, it was, you know, borders on a little TMI. So
0: (laughs) We also did episode 76 of talking about all the sexuality, speakably sexy with Guest Susan an Answers, where we talked about communicating to make sex hotter and relationships more alive. Anyway, what I loved about all of these is the idea of really de-shaming sexual desires and opening up how desire and sexuality can manifest differently for us and how sometimes it differs by gender, sometimes it doesn't, but just kind of delving into some of the research and the topics that sometimes are scary to talk about and having you and your partner listen or your partners, plurally, listening can really open up conversations. That can build a lot of closeness. So I love those episodes to tell you the truth.
1: Yeah, you did a great job with Dr. Susan Ansorge. You know, someone else, just as far as like being so lucky to have a relationship and be able to bring her on the show, is Bonnie Badenock.
0: Oh, yeah, that was a great one. Uh,
1: on basically, it was like right brain safety. And she's just so beloved. And so, those of you who want kind of like if you're in therapy and you're listening from that perspective of like kind of for your personal reasons, then that's a really good one to just kind of sink into.
0: That's episode 83, establishing neurological safety through relationships. You know, we can't talk about behind the scenes though without, out talking about the time that you completely fanned out oh stop <laughs> so sue brings you don't in, have to tell <laughs> you know not that we don't have the amazing respect for some of the for many I mean, of my all the experts that we bring on this field just amazing respect but one episode you will hear her fanning out and who is that
1: oh it's embarrassing so we did two on music. Uh, we're both huge music fans, and so many of you are. And it's a direct, you know, link into our body and music affecting our mood. And <laughs> so we interviewed a local rock star. His name is Bob Schneider. And I think that I've just been such a fan of his for so long, you know, in the audience, wooing, and he's really hot. <laughs> he is hot, I have to say.
0: And his music is just really, it's really uh well, I was going to use the word penetrating, but <laughs> I mean, I mean, but, but it really is. So so you did what It was episode forty four and episode forty five. Where episode forty four, you and I spoke about the brain. On music and how music affects your mind, your memory, and happiness, and really, actually, there's a lot of good stuff in that episode. But the one you're going to really love is episode 45, <laughs> and you'll get to hear some of Bob's music. And I'm kind of teasing her; she doesn't totally geek out. Pr- I, that was more the behind the scenes. So she she held it cool with it him. was
1: true. I actually had to like sort of work a little bit about like don't fan, don't fan, <laughs> don't fan out. But related to that, another local celebrity in a sense was Dan Hardik's um, oh, the Love yeah. Doc. And he's worked in the classifieds for many, many years. And so he was able to give us this incredibly funny, kind of irreverent story about going from, you know, the back of the city rag where you've had all these like really edgy, you know, Personals. personal yeah personal ads to kind of the all the online stuff so he's he's, well now he's gone through all of that
0: just so you know now he produces his own he has his own column in one of the local papers here called the love doc that's the title where he gives dating advice and so what was so fun about him so this is episode 62 by the way and i think one of the things that i'd loved that he brought out is he was talking about that people often overestimate themselves when they're finding a partner And kind of as he was describing all the personals and people outlining who they really, really want to find, and his personal challenges, is that you?
1: Exactly. It's like, when you make your list of like, who it is you want to be with, it's like, (laughs) Look at that list and then compare it to yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Fit and active and funny. And, you know, all these things. It's like, really? Are we all all those things that we want? And others. So that
0: was a really the moral of being the person you want to date. You know, so now that we've brought that up, we might have made a few people anxious. in just in thinking about that. But I think one of our short and sweet ones that got a lot of positives was episode 88. The six steps to increasing your felt sense of security. And that is just a simple to-do one, which we don't really always do. Usually ours are a lot longer and in-depth. A little more content. A little bit more content. But people really love that there were just really particular steps that you can take today to increase the feeling of felt security. And what episode was that? Episode 88.
1: So in that vein, it makes me think to the Kelly Inselman, And um, really we've done a, several on mindfulness and meditation because that ties right into what to do about growing security. But what I will say is, and it's going to sound a little weird if it comes out of the blue, like get in a space where you're interested in kind of expanding on mindfulness. It's it's a bonus episode after 52. All it is, there's no talk. There's no anything. She just leads you through a meditation and it's really wonderful. But there's also two episodes right around that where she talks about mindfulness, meditation and also living
0: with cancer. Right. Kind of the steps to healthy healing in cancer. Those were, I think, very powerful, powerful episodes,
1: right? And Patty Allwell interviewed Sarah Payton. That was also about meditation and mindfulness. That was a popular one. And I also want to give a shout out to Richard Hill. And did an interview with him. He is a kind of a sibling. I was on the board of GAINS with him, Global Association for Interpersonal Neurobiology, for a short time. But mainly, he also does a podcast over in the UK. It's called The Science of Psychotherapy. And I have to say, their work is really good. It's much more brainy, like it's more about the neurons and the, you know, glial cells and things like that. But if you are one of those listeners that are really interested in digging into the science, look them up. They've got a really interesting journal. And I think it's that's very, very high quality. Some people will find it like over their head, you know what I mean? It's, it's very kind of high level. But check them out Science of Psychotherapy.
0: Well, on that same topic, we've had a kind of a group of episodes. So why don't we talk about that for a second? We did a group of episodes around psychotherapy. And so for those listeners out there that may be listening for the first time that want to kind of get some exposure to that, let me point out a few of those. Episode 7. We did one on what group therapy is and five reasons you should check it out. And most of you are going to maybe try, "Ah, I should pass that one. I have no interest in group therapy. I challenge you personally to take a listen to that one because you may actually feel really different after you really hear about what it's about. Because I think a lot of people, well, I'm aging myself. A lot of people may have Bob Newhart in mind. (laughs) So all of our listeners. Sopranos is the uh, oh, more soprano. recent one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh God, I'm sorry. I, that was embarrassing. But anyway, group therapy is amazing. And there's a love letter to group therapy, The separate, a different oh, one that Patty and I right. did. On other therapy concepts, we did one on getting what you want from therapy, the essentials of a therapeutic relationship. That's episode 39. And then right after we did that, after we were talking about the great things about therapy and what you need and want to get, we realized that not all therapy goes as we would hope or as we want, or sometimes it's not the right match. So we did episode 41, the dark side of therapy, recognizing when a therapeutic relationship goes bad. And I think that was a really, really deep and really important one.
1: We've gotten some of the most powerful feedback from that particular one, because when you've had harm and when you're dependent on your therapist and that becomes the source of harm, that is a big deal. And if the person you're trusting to talk about what's going on is your therapist, you see what I'm saying? It's a loop, just kind of like if the parent that you're connected to becomes the person of harm right? and you feel traumatized by them, who do you go to? So it happens. It's not talked a lot about, but I can tell you people have really reached out about that and said, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for us to talk about it.
0: They've even found the podcast through that episode. That's right. That's right. So anybody mm -hmm. that's kind of
1: caught in something like that, check that one out. What was that number again? That is
0: episode 41. Two more episodes that we did that directly related to psychotherapy by one of our favorite authors, actually, Lou Cozzolino. I love Lou. I know. So we did an episode, episode 36, The Neuroscience of Psychotherapy, and episode 89, Neurofluency in Therapy, Work and Life. That's right. And what's really great about him is he is
1: a science sciencer. science sciency. <laughs> you know, he, he's the real deal, but he's also a clinician and he really does that translation in a really wonderful way. So that's actually kind of, I would say both for clinicians, but also for folks that are uh, yeah. interested
0: in kind of therapy and their own personal growth. Yeah. And the idea of neurofluency and how that engages us in our regular life. So let's leave the best for last. Oh, I know which one you're talking about.
1: Yes. So this is one that when I discovered this book, it changed how I practice. And I'm not at all exaggerating. So you'll see the interview. It's David Elliott.
0: Episode 34, Treating Attachment Disruption in Adults with Dr. David
1: Elliott. That's right. I want to spend just a minute talking about this because it really... Again, for those of you both therapists and otherwise uh, what we call normals, the book itself is incredibly dense. We even did a study group on it, and we could only cover a few of the chapters because they're that dense. It is an encyclopedia. But there's such new information, and there's such solid information. But the most important thing is that there's information about treatment, Because a lot of times you can talk about like, oh, this is the science and this is what it looks like and this is how you can identify it. But what we're interested in is what to do about it. And so in particular, his work with the ideal parent protocol has been, that's what's really changed my practice.
0: Right. We even brought him to Austin and did a live, that's how deeply he's impacted both of our work. We brought him in to do a live workshop, which was wonderful about the ideal parent protocol and the pillars of helping with building secure attachments.
1: That's right. The three pillars. And related to that is another really, really incredibly dense, wonderful, good one.
0: And that's the one with Daniel Brown. That's episode 87. He talks about treating complex trauma. And man, he is an encyclopedia of knowledge, isn't he? Totally. Yeah, and that was a great interview that you did. He talked about in that one the essential elements of effective treatment for all sorts of difficulties, anxiety, depression. Yeah,
1: focusing on complex trauma. And uh, he, by the way, is somebody who did a lot of forensic work in interviewing um, people who had been molested by priests and really coming up with protocols about whether or not to believe a witness and has been really important in that area. And he's going to be somebody coming up that we're going to have on again. Yeah, we're going to have for him. For sure.
0: He's got some... Both really.
1: both David and Dan will bring back on for sure.
0: Well, and I also want to say that it's really important as we're talking about that most fabulous book that has impacted our lives that actually... Daniel Brown is the co-author with David Elliot. So that's the, they, right. We're
1: we're so embedded in it, we think everybody knows that. But that's right. Yeah, it was Daniel co-authors. Brown and David Elliot, and the title of the book is Attachment Disturbances in Adults. That's what's on the spine. And I have to say, I wish I could take a picture of it and show you. It is so tattered because I have taken it everywhere. It's all dog-eared and written up and highlighted. And I'm a little snobby about you know. I kind of think I know everything. <laughs> Particularly about attachment. That's not true, right, Anne? No, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> She's She has this, like, fake
0: smile. No, that's not true at all, Sue. <laughs> it's actually not true. I mean, I know sometimes you sound like you think, but no, actually, it's not true. No, oh, that's, that's so sweet. No, it isn't. Because, honestly, I'm kind of defending on you on that one because it's because you get so excited about the knowledge that you have, but you actually really don't think so. That's why you're always seeking and looking and talking to people and getting people to come and train. And it's because you don't think you know it. So I know it may we may tease you about that, but I think a lot of times, honestly, behind the scenes, it's just your excitement that comes out.
1: It's tr- especially excitement about when things pop and are new. Right. So, I want to talk about Critidem related to that, but also just that sort of side note that Ann was saying about what's real. It's funny because the two of us, I think we're a really great team. I would say that I'm kind of the engine of like, go, 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 go. And Ann is the one. I even got feedback one time about the podcast. Sue, when I listen to you, I feel like I've had too much coffee. <laughs> but when I listen to Ann, I feel so calm. <laughs> and so, We're a really nice team that way because she's kind of the grounder. You will spend a ton of time doing the research. We have to prevent her from writing dissertations on a topic. I'm like, no, we just actually have to record now, you know. So she's kind of the brains and the depth and the, you know, her metronome goes a little slower and more peacefully, (laughs) or as I'm the (laughs) hyper. (laughs) You're you're the reason
0: everything gets done. (laughs)
1: So yeah, I think that we're a good match with that. So maybe we touch on Crittitin and then we talk about the future.
0: Well, actually before, can we touch on Critidin that you said that I was thinking about one of the ones that I really enjoyed researching as you were saying that, and it's so funny. One of the, this is really old episode, probably not many people have even heard it because it, I think it was like episode 17 and it's called The Biology of Motivation and Habits, Why We Drop the Ball. I love doing the research for that one because I've always been an avid exerciser, but I'm always just sort of very interested in what motivates us and habits. And I had so much fun researching that. And so funny, like I don't know how many people really heard it, but it's impacted me in the research about what keeps us motivated that we don't. Where we don't drop the ball, that where we don't drop the, the ball. But no, I guess I was thinking was that willpower doesn't really exist. Oh yeah, the whole dialogue about what actually motivates us, why we get we overestimate new starts as being easy, and that's a brain thing. It's not just a silly thing, and that just willpower doesn't really exist. It's literally making decisions, values, and commitment, and that sounds easy. But anyway. I just was thinking about it as you I were talking. I really ta- liked t- it
1: too, Anne. And I really did. It was actually quite impactful. I That was probably one that I gave you a hard time. It's like, you don't have to write a dissertation. But no, that it, was curiosity. Uh, <laughs> but I got a lot out of it and I learned a lot. And that one, I re- one of the things I remember about that episode is I kept talking about gu- guacamole. <laughs> <laughs> and my habit of, gu- like, how do I stop my guacamole habit? <laughs> I remember that. I remember that one.
0: So you were going to talk about some of the latest episodes before we wrap up. That's right. And, um,
1: And it's a good one to end on because, you know, sometimes we try to weave in paying homage, 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 homage to the folks that have come before us that we wouldn't know this stuff without. You know, we talk about Bowlby and Maine and Ainsworth and all those folks. But what's cool about this is that Mary Crittenden was a student of she came right after Mary Main, but she was a student directly with Mary Ainsworth. And what's exciting is that she has a really different take. She has a different body of knowledge, 30 years of studying more high risk kids, multicultural situations, has a different take on disorganized attachment and on trauma and I was talking about how I get excited about new stuff and learning something new. This is why we talk about having light bulbs of insight. You know, if I can deliver anything, it would be that feeling of like, bing, bing, bing. Oh, wow. I hadn't thought of that. And Patricia Crittenden
0: certainly delivers that. So those are episodes. Episode 96, attachment and self-protective strategies. Episode 97, dynamic maturation model, the DMM, a oh, maturational model. I always mess that up. The DMM, and that sounds like a mouthful, even obviously for me, but She's talking about her model and her model is so... It's so, it really is really easy to grasp, but once you really take a listen. And then we did an uh, episode 98, where we talked about those in diving deeper into the DMM of attachments. So it was our summary. And so I also want to mention that if you found our podcast kind of recently, and those are the episodes you found, those are not our average episodes. Those are pretty dense. And in fact, many long-term listeners, even Patreon Member listening said they had to listen to it a few times. So, just a note to self that if you started there and it seemed a bit overwhelming, that that's not our typical podcast. Though, once you go back and listen to some other podcasts that we've mentioned, and you come back to her, you're going to really, really catch on and love it.
1: And one of the things I'm particularly proud about, there's lots of things. One is the show notes now that we do, and again, that's directly related to our patron supporters. If you'll notice, the more recent ones are so in-depth. We do that to provide a free resource for you, for your clients, for your family members, for your therapist, if you want to go hand it to your therapist. Um, But quick other brag. I'm not sure if we said this at the beginning. I don't think we did, which is besides the download numbers we have that we're proud of and the being heard around the world, we have maintained a 5 star ranking in Apple Podcasts and iTunes, which is really important. Like we have, I don't know what the number is. It's 390 something reviews at this taping. And I'm really proud of that because I feel like if you look, even some of the professionally produced ones, and you to be clear, we're amateur podcasters. <laughs> I think
0: they have that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> is that obvious? And we've got no funding, we work full time, we have families, we have kids, we have houses to maintain. So this is really kind of on our own spare time. So when you look at the national podcasts, the ones that are produced by, you know, huge staff, I know, I just started noticing this lately. Now part of it is they have like 1000s of reviews, it's really different that way. But their reviews aren't necessarily five stars, they're like 4.4 and 4.6 and 4.5. So
0: I don't know why that is, but I want to keep it going. And Well, I think it has to do with our listeners. I mean, A, that our listeners take the time to do that is so meaningful that you will stop. And I mean, that's not easy to take your time and stop and rate and review a podcast instead of just listen and move on. And that they take the time for it to be a really meaningful one. And I think it has a lot to do with our guests. It's the light bulbs. It's because they're getting light bulbs. I really feel like it's the material, you know, what I feel is that this material matters. And it's can be life changing. It's really true that people really want to be insightful to themselves. They want to be the best person they can be for their relationships, for their children, for themselves. And so I just think it really matters. And so I think that's what motivates us is that people really want to have light bulbs. You know, they, they want to stimulate, okay, don't, don't kill me, but they want to stimulate curiosity in themselves because it's so enlivening. To have it and to and, and I say don't kill me because we've had a lot of humor about my obsession about the curiosity episode. So if you're a longtime listener, you know what I mean. But anyway, that how important curiosity is to evoke in us. And it has to do with getting great support out there. So these Facebook posts and things like that, where people are giving us feedback and asking for things.
1: One of the things besides bringing this really, I think, really good content, solid science, you can trust the material. It's also that we have cultivated a pretty good online presence, a community that is also interested in this. And so we have a Facebook group that's very active We have a private Facebook group where members can talk to each other, and then we have a patron Facebook group, which is a secret Facebook group that anybody who is one of our patrons gets to get on there. That's a lot more of an active group, and we jump on any of those and do little videos and do extra content and things like that. So that's just to give you a kind of overview of, like, that's what we have happening
0: We also have a workshop that's coming up. It's going to be in the fall and we're working on it now because our podcasts are have to be, of course, by the nature of it, hopefully less than an hour. (laughs) Sometimes we get overboard, but, you know, we try to keep them fairly short. And so it's really hard to go in depth and really get this material in a way that's super applicable and useful. And so we're going to do more of an extended hours workshop that will be available in the fall.
1: That's right. And you can also catch us on. We've done some work with Avaya.
0: You know, we'll be around.
1: <laughs> so when we take this break, we're about to take a break. and we the- mentioned
0: that we're going to take a break?
1: I think, we've been, I think so. I don't know. But don't we're mentioning we're- it now, I guess. <laughs> so we're, we're taking a short break on the podcast itself to get ourselves ready for the next season. We even have interviews scheduled during that break for the next season. We've got some really amazing people we're going to bring you, including, I kind of hate to say it already because... He's been hard to track down, but we have him on the hook. Alan Shore, who besides Dan Siegel and Pat, we didn't mention Pat Ogden. We had also interviewed her. But besides kind of Dan and, you know, some of those folks, Alan Shore is a stalwart. He's a rock star. So he has produced, I can't tell you how many books, a bazillion books and articles. So
0: Well, actually, so now you mentioned that right before we close, let's just do a preview to our upcoming fourth season. We're so excited to be in our fourth season. But some of the things we're going to be doing in our fourth season, some of our Patreon members have asked for some specific topics that we're going to be sure to cover. We're going to be talking about borderline personality and narcissism and attachment and We also want to expand. We've done a little bit of this in our previous seasons. We're gonna really go more in depth with how to bring these things into different work environments, including hospitals and as attorneys, as doctors, we have all sorts of relationships that aren't just therapeutic or parental or romantic, that are very much impacted by how we hold attachment and actually neurobiology in our systems. And so we're going to get to that in more in depth as well.
1: That's right. And she's only mentioning attorneys and physicians because those have been specifically requested. But when we talk about attachment in the workplace, it's any workplace, it's, you know, teachers, it's, gas station, attend, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's everybody all the way across right. the board, parents, people who are caring for the elderly. So some of what Anne's saying is that we're going to do this application in wider ways. But also, we've got some folks that are going to come on that are like some of my most respected therapists, clinicians, really, really, really high quality folks. So we're going to keep the psychology part of it in. Mm-hmm. That's going to be happening. And then we already have an episode actually in the can that goes back to polyvagal and how to apply it with Deb Dana, actually. And she is very closely associated with Steve Porges. So I don't want to give everything away, but we are going to be working real hard to bring you more really excellent, great content. During this break, though, if you're a patron of ours, you'll still be hearing from us. You'll still get some more information. And if you would like to join and be a patron, we aren't stopping it just because we we finally hit our hundred patron because guess what? People kind of, can drop off occasionally. It happens occasionally. We're always every month. We're happy
0: for people to renew. And we actually are is 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 amazing as having hundred Patreons. Believe it or not, uh, we have not actually even yet covered our cost of doing this. So that's right. Um, so it's it not is... like we're sitting, yeah, <laughs> yeah, fat and
1: pretty over here. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, we so we we only say that just to say that everybody that joins really does make a difference. So
1: yes, and it gets it out to people who otherwise couldn't have it. So it's another good chance. It's. Um, uh, patreon.com backslash therapist uncensored if you would like to join that would will be a little bit more connected during this break with our patrons so let me say it again patreon.com backslash therapist uncensored you can also find it of course on our website you can get the free attachment bundle that we mentioned that's on our website that has a whole bunch uh it has video it, it's basically kind of reorganized some of this material it has handouts
0: if you heard on the review today episodes you might not have heard to and you want to go to, it might be easier. I don't know. For me, it's a little easier to go to the website to find these because you can see all the lists, et cetera.
1: Right. And that right now, the way the website is set up, by the way, we might be launching a new website too to make it easier. But right now, go to therapist uncensored backslash episodes, and that's the best page to just be able to thumb through and see what we have. Click on the episodes. That's when you're going to get the really awesome, cool show notes resources and links. And then if you don't want to join as a patron, that's totally fine. This is just for folks who can afford it and that want to be able to jump in and be more active. However, Sharing our podcast is really important. Letting people know that it's free is really important. And the best thing you could do for us is leave us a rating and review on whatever podcast player you're listening on, because that helps signal to other people that this is of value and it helps also us get the best guests. So before we wrap up, we want to do another patron shout out to our platinum co-executive producer, Sonia Richard Thomas. And also our new gold members, Laura King, and we mentioned Becky Mendeville. And then also Douglas, it's either B I O W or BIO, B-I-O-W. Thank you very much for joining us. You get a shout out if you do, and some of this backstage information or more content, basically more advanced content.
0: But we also just lots of gratitude.
1: Tons of gratitude. And like I said, there's other ways to support us, like just simply giving us a rating and review. Okay, shall we wrap up for just a little while? We're going to see you in the fall. We're going to be working really hard in the meantime. Thank you for three great years, and we look forward to seeing you. Yeah, hey, congratulations, Anne. Yes, congratulations. It's, It's really awesome. Thank you, every single one of you that have been with us. And we'll see you around the
0: bend. Therapist Uncensored is Ann Kelly and Sue Marriott. This podcast is edited by Jack Anderson.